Welcome to the Pup Sports Podcast. Over the moon after that victory last night against the Coeur d'Alene Vikings. A decisive one, really was. Now, uh, despite losing GSL MVP Connor Hallinan and 10 other All-League players, the Pups came out and dominated the Vikings 45-13. It wasn't even close. Now, um, there are... Uh, some great notable performances that we want to go ahead and get to. Uh, but before we do that, let's go ahead and uh, hear from Coach McKenna right after the victory yesterday to give his thoughts on uh, how he thought his team performed. Decisive victory for the Pups here, 45-13. Coach Dave McKenna at the end of the game here. Um, Coach, what were you most pleased with in your uh, young team today? Uh, the way they competed. Um, you know, they faced a, a few... Uh, they faced some adversity and they responded, but you know, they told them it's going to be a we shall overcome kind of attitude, not a me. And uh, they responded to that. It was, it was great. It was awesome. Ortega ran hard, four touchdowns. Uh, you must be pleased with his effort. Oh, yeah, but it starts up front. I mean, I'm gonna, you got to give they, they did a heck of a job up front. Coeur good. And I, we had some green guys up front, and they did a heck of a job, fought all night long. Really yeah, proud. so uh, assess that young offensive line with the uh, injuries they've bottled. Oh, shoot, they just uh, they competed, man. They, 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 they showed grit tonight, and uh, they know what that means. And, and they, I just, I'm proud of them because they, they've battled. It's, and, and so this is rewarding for them. Now, uh, two quarterbacks played for you today. Uh, assess both of their, both their performances. Uh, they both played outstanding. They, they both bring something special to the table, and it's a lot of fun. And, and uh, as I said before, they are each other's. Greatest fan. I mean, they really root for each other and support each other. I think yeah, it's it's special. One last thing. What's the post game meal, Coach? Uh, probably a little barbecue tonight. Some ribs and some sausage and and a soda pop. Awesome. Go pups. Go pups. Thanks, kid. We hope Coach McKenna did have an opportunity to have that barbecue that he was looking forward to after the game. Now uh, we hope that notable performances like Junior Jaden Ortega that we're calling that man the sauce. Uh, had a nice evening meal himself, 111 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. Now, he did get complimented by Rob Collier Jr., the third, that uh, came in and spelled him out here and there. He ran for 92 yards and two touchdowns on the ground as well. Now, quarterback, and we're going to get into this with my co-host Scott Alford in a little bit, but uh, two quarterbacks played last night for the Pups. Senior Jake Keyes got the start. He had 15 yards on the ground, and he was one through uh, one for seven on the on passing the ball with 17 yards in the air. Now, sophomore Ryan McKenna, I think, took a lot of people by surprise. 63 rushing yards and three for three through the air with 17, 72 yards. Really, really electric performance by Ryan McKenna, and uh, we'll be curious to see where they go from this point forward. On the defense side of the ball, a really dominant performance by the Pups. I think an extremely uh, well-schemed game uh, by HT. They proved that defense wins championships as well as games at Gonzaga Prep. So turnovers decimated the Vikings last night. They had five total turnovers and four alone in the first half. So with that, they also had quiet performances from their big players. Jake Parker, uh, the quarterback, Went 14 of 23 uh, for passing with 194 yards with an INT and four fumbles lost. Really hurt uh, the Vikings there. The last notable performance, or at least marquee guy, Colby Noseworthy, who we even highlighted in our pregame show, had two receptions for 24 total yards. Now, that was a huge key to the Wolf Pups being successful. 
and ultimately led to that 24-0 first half score, and then ultimately that great win, that 45-13 final victory for the Pups. Now, uh, to go ahead and kind of discuss the game uh, and what insights we came away with, I was down on the field. My co-host Scott Alford was uh, uh, up in the stands with the eye in the sky, and uh, we're going to go ahead and just discuss a little bit of the game and what, uh, what we thought and what were the big takeaways from the game. Joining me now, Scott Alford. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for going to the game last night. Uh, your insight really provided uh, great tips for me down on the field, things to look on. What were your uh, key things that you took away from the game? Big win for uh, G Prep to start. First of all, as a coach, to start your season off with a win, it doesn't really matter who you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a good way to start. So big win for the for the for the Bullpups. Coach McKenna and his staff, uh, his team looked prepared. That was the one thing that I that I noticed. They did look well prepared. And the other thing that gets overlooked, I think, by a lot of fans, especially in the first few games of the season, is how your players are playing as far as conditioning goes. Yeah. And I thought Prep's team looked very well conditioned. They looked well prepped. They made mistakes, even though um, they beat Coraline by quite a bit. Uh, I can I can guarantee you, Coach Cassano and Coach Graham are in there talking about the reads that uh, their quarterbacks missed. Uh, some of the pitch alignment was out of whack at times. That that happens when you run an option offense. Um, so they can always do things like that to get better. Um, but that's just that. Those are just some examples. That's that's coach speak. You know. Um, but I thought that uh, overall, the preparation, good. Conditioning, very good. As far as how the game went itself, uh, Coeur d'Alene's coaches uh, probably don't want to get out of bed today. Yeah. Turning the ball over the way they did and where they did. I believe three of those four turnovers were inside the 30. G preps 30. Yeah. Um, three of those four in the first half, yeah. Those were absolute drive killers, obviously. But you have to have a good defense to capitalize on the other team's mistakes. And the Bullpups were able to do that. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was impressed with the speed of uh, G Prep against Coeur d'Alene's front. A lot of young guys who were clearly outweighed by uh, uh, the Vikings' offensive line. <laughs> but they were quick. And their 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 gap assignments were, were looked pretty good, um, and they ran very very well. And of course, they took they took twenty one out of the game pretty much. Yeah, let's start on the offense side of the ball. The O line for prep battling injuries. Uh, I know for one side, uh, the right side of their O line, I think had two guys out, uh, including their starting right tackle. And so I noticed, and I think you would let me know early on that they favored that left side of the line, at least prepped in and, and running the football early. They had some good mismatches over there. The Vikings scheme was a little suspect, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But uh, that all that being said, without going into the weeds on X's and O's, uh, let's look at the Jimmys and the Joes. <laughs> um, Prep's offensive line, particularly on the left side, fantastic job. Their left guard, their left tackle, and the wingbacks did a nice job on their blocking assignments for the most part. Um, that was impressive. 
And of course, I'll bet you if you broke down the film, they they went left, I would say, 80% of the time on the run game. Would, yeah. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, at least. No. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and why not? Why not stick with something that's working? That's that's one thing that Bob Cassano, Coach Bob Cassano was really good at. I'm going to stay with something until they stop it. And they, they really couldn't. They couldn't stop the option to the left side. And he mixed it up well uh, with inside running. You brought up Ortega. Yeah, Jordan uh, Jaden Ortega had a really good game. Four touchdowns on that game. Yeah, fantastic. That kid runs hard. He runs tough. He's a downhill runner. Um, so was the other fullback. Yeah, no, I uh, forget his name. Rob Collier Jr. the third, as I'm referring to okay, him. Okay, that's way too long for me to remember. So, <laughs> Rob. No, he's. But I thought both of them ran really well. Um, you know, so. The right side of the line, uh, I, I guess they're younger. Yeah. JV so guys, they'll, they'll come along. They'll yeah. come along. I think they were kind of thrown in there with not the last minute, but, you know, probably a week to prepare or so because mm-hmm. of injuries or, or whatever. But, they, you know, they, they did a good job. Um, but that left side was a little more dominant. And then, of course, uh, Bob really picked his times to throw the ball, and he did a good job at that. Um, I'm sure he was getting help from Nate Graham. Um, but you know, that's the prep game. You run, you run, you run, you, you get them to bring those safeties down. And as soon as you see that happening, you take a shot and they did last night. And, uh, in the third quarter, they hit a 42 yarder on a little play action right down the post, Mm -hmm. the seam. So it was well-timed, well-executed. I think Ryan is the one who threw that ball. Yeah. So that makes me think and want to get into this two performances, Jake Keys, Ryan McKenna, both played last night. Jake Key's got the start. He's the senior. And uh, Ryan, the young athlete, I would say. Uh, I kind of want to know your thoughts because seeing down on the field, the way the kids responded to Ryan, the way that he led on and off the field, pretty impressive for a sophomore because at moments he did not look like a sophomore last night. Um, that's true in general, but he missed reads. Um. And that's because he's a sophomore and the game's a little faster for him right now. It'll come to him. He's definitely athletic uh, and he runs well and he can throw the ball. He's light. I don't know what his weight is, but I don't think he weighs more than a buck 50 or something probably. Yeah. Um, But, you know, growing up in a coach's family, he's Coach McKenna's son. He lives and breathes football uh, just like his brothers did. So, um, but he's... He was good. I, I think, look, when you have a senior, the one thing that's going to come with that, with most senior quarterbacks, is good leadership. And he has that. Uh, what, what's I can't remember his name. Jake Keyes, the other kid. Number 12. Yeah. yeah. He He's a good leader. And so I can understand why Mac is putting him on the field. Um, and he knows the offense pretty well. Yeah, he made he made better reads last night than, than Ryan did. Yeah. Um, he doesn't, and when we say better reads, we're talking about kind of in the quarterback predetermining in his head, I'm going I'm to keep the ball, I'm going to do this or that. And sometimes the timing was a little off where he just missed, and so he would follow the back, yeah. um, that kind of stuff. But that that's going to happen with young quarterbacks. But right now, they have a good balance. They have leadership, which you need, and when you're getting that from your senior at the quarterback position, that's that could be a very important thing. And as long as the two of them... 
Um, as Coach McKenna put it, they're each other's biggest fans. As long as that stays, that kind of relationship, it it can work in high school. Yeah, I'm in disagreement in that. I think I don't think I've ever seen a college team, a NFL team, or high school team successfully have a two quarterback system. It never works. It's not good. The team doesn't like it because you divide you divide the team essentially to where they come off the field. If one kid's not having a good game, it's we need to go with so and so. And so it becomes this back and forth that it's a lot easier just to rally around one guy. And so that's where it's an incredibly difficult decision for McKenna and, you know, offensive coordinator and, and offensive staff to make a decision. Do you go with a young kid and not a, a senior that's a good leader, a, a kid that's been there all four years, obviously, for a kid that's a good athlete that could potentially win you games, but he could also lose you games? So I think that that's really tough, and I think I would take that St. Ignatius game next week since it's a non-league game. It doesn't count your overall record. Go ahead and really make the decision, who are we going to go with for the rest of the season? Because doing the two-quarterback game, because you're in fear of, hey, that kid's really worked really hard, you got to think long-term, big picture, what kid is going to help you at the end of the season because of the fact that he's gotten all the playing time that has been needed or devoted to to get you into the GSL, you know, playoffs, hopefully GSL championship, you know, and then maybe a good state run. I don't know what you thought. I mean, because you've obviously coached, you've had decisions that have been hard to make as far as quarterbacks go. Do you really think they could make the two-quarterback system work? Well, as I said, as long as they are each other's fans, that typically changes through the year. <laughs> um, because you get in situations where, let's say you get in a game situation where you need to throw more and another kid's playing more. And um, so the dynamic can change in that. Many coaches think they can do it. And really a lot of it depends on what you brought up, the team. If the team is all in on both guys... I've seen it work fairly effectively. If the team starts to favor a guy, then that throws the dynamic off a little bit, and that makes it tough for the coach. So, so what would your timeline be? I mean, are you are you making a decision in the next couple of weeks? I think if they had to make a choice right now, they'd go with a senior because it's a trust issue. You 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 tend to trust a guy that's been there, um, but. If Ryan continues to play the way he's playing, and you know it's just one game, but if he has more examples of being able to execute well at a high level, now you're now you got a tough decision. So I don't know. Well, It'll be kind of interesting to watch it unfold. The big fear is for this: they go on the road, they play at Saint Ignatius, they come back, they play two weaker probably opponents of their schedule, Shadle and U High. Then they have to come and play Mead. If you go into that Mead game. And use that as your experimentation game, and all of a sudden come out of that game if they don't win that game, and say, "Well, we got to go with Ryan now." That's gonna be really bad. I'd rather go into that mead game fully behind one guy, and say, "It's on your shoulders tonight. We believe in you. We think you're going to help us win the game." Not, "Hey, it's still up in the air. We're gonna see how it goes," because then Mead's gonna come out and punch Prep in the face because Mead looked darn good last night. 
Well, the flip side of that whole argument, though, is if you go into the mid game and both quarterbacks have played well, it's not an experiment. It's now what you're going to do. And it gives Meade problems because you have to you have to game plan for two different types of quarterbacks. So there is some advantages to it if you can do it well. So it'll be interesting to watch how it unfolds. You know, you, you never want injuries to be part of the equation, but it's a part of the game. So one of them could get injured. One of them can really outperform the other one, become mistake prone. Who knows? But I think it's uh, it's one of the question marks on the team. It's one that every coach usually wants to avoid, any kind of quarterback controversy. And it's it's one game. So let's see what the game plan is moving forward, you know. Yeah, so. and, and I thought that last night <laughs> they actually interviewed Jaden Ortega after the game. And, you know, he had a pretty good thought. His quote was, uh, and this was to, to Dave Nichols, uh, uh, the spokesman review reporter, Everyone was sleeping on us throughout the whole offseason. But I know this team's good enough. We can do a lot of things this year. And I think that that's true. Here's why I think that that's true. He's a good athlete. He's a good player. But the reason why Prep is going to be successful this year is their defense. And they proved that last night because of the fact that you go into a game where a kid came off the heels of having a 12-reception game for over 130 yards and he had two receptions for only 24 yards. Your defense, in combination with the, the turnovers that the Vikings had, but your defense, pretty good. And HT schemed Coeur really well. Coach Amos got outcoached big time, man. Yeah, there's, but there's looking at it from a coach's standpoint, there's a couple of things you need to look at. One is, you don't, if you look at the defense that Coeur faced the prior game before the G-Prep game, that may have lent itself to, lended itself to uh, 21 getting open more mm-hmm. based on what they were doing. Secondly, Prep had a game film. <laughs> so they knew 21 was the guy yeah. that Coeur was going to try to get the ball to. That's not to say they didn't do a good job taking him away. I think that they did. Um, they, and they were able to get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, Jake Perka has got to be. Wasn't very many times he stood. He he went back and stood tall in the pocket and threw the ball. He moved around probably ninety percent of the time inside and up, as they say, climb the ladder in the pocket a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that their center kept bowling the ball back to the quarterback Bowling or like <laughs> all the way up in the air it was like a yeah, junior baby kid out there has to be more consistent but anyway um yeah no i think i think uh, coach higgins scheme was pretty good uh Lane had some receivers open they just didn't execute well um i mean you said it Lane, you know coach amos amos and, and staff have to be bummed this morning because all of those turnovers in the first half especially, to have four. I mean, if they score on two out of the three of those possessions that they gave up the ball, I mean, that's a completely different game. Well, they forced Prep to punt, very first possession of the game. They took the ball and were on their way to score and turned it over. Yeah, they threw that pick right inside the 20. You know, but that's part of the game. You you can't turn the ball over, you know. And we said in our pregame, at least I said, 
in our pregame uh, scouting report, Prep was going to want to run the ball. They were going to want to win the turnover battle. And they were going to want to win the kicking game. They did all three of those phases. They played good defense. And they had 497 total yards of offense, I think. Yeah. So um, they had 200 and I think they had like 275 or maybe a little more yards of rushing in the first half. (laughs) So that was a good... Good win for G Prep. Good, good way to start your season. Yeah, and I think I was the other last thing about the defense that I was impressed with is it. I guess last two things. It wasn't one guy in particular. It's not like I pointed to one guy in the defense and said that's the reason why they've been so successful out there. It really was eleven guys flying around, and you know, hats to the ball, tackling, finishing yeah, they, plays. They ran well. I'll tell you, number thirty can bring it. Yeah, he had a couple good pops <laughs> uh, on there, you know. But yeah, the tackling in general, I was impressed. There wasn't a lot of missed tackles, which is impressive. First game of the season, and with the uh, the restrictions now on how much you can hit during the week and all that kind of stuff, I, I was impressed. They they look good for a first game. They looked very good. And I think they're now they get ready to move. Oh, by the way, I also wanted to comment how well Deshane punted the ball last night. Oh, yeah. He punted pretty well. No, I, and I think that that was a good wake-up call, I believe, after he punted the ball the first time and he kicked it right to Noseworthy, oh, number yeah. 21. <laughs> uh, McKenna yelled yeah. at him as he was coming off the field saying, never punt the ball to him again. And he did not. And he didn't. So it was. <laughs> but he nailed one of them down to the four yard line. Yeah. Did a nice job. Really nice job. And, so, and he was perfect as far as PATs, and he had a field goal in that game. Yeah. So I think they're in good shape to travel on down to uh, NorCal. Yeah. So hopefully they stay perfect like they did in that other uh, in the game against Coeur d'Alene as far as no turnovers. And, uh, yeah, they'll be on a plane to Northern California to play San Ignatius next week on a Saturday at 4 o'clock, so a little bit different than playing under under the lights on Friday. Uh, but uh, we'll be following that game the best of our ability uh, and get you score updates the best that we can. But we're really, really looking forward to kind of see what they do and who they come back as because, like I said, if they can make a decision at quarterback, if they can stay together and be – you know, that good team defense that they were against Coeur d'Alene and then ride that momentum right into hopefully some easier GSL opponents and in, in Shadel and U High. I think that that will get them reared up and ready to go for university. So as far as the, the game plan for us next week, obviously a little bye week for us because we won't necessarily have an opportunity to see the game live. But uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, at least I will be giving you some commentary about some other sports around uh, prep and some of the home games they have and so stay tuned as we'll we'll bring you some player interviews coaches interviews uh, for for performances in soccer and volleyball next week but uh as always we appreciate you joining us we appreciate the eye in the sky scott alford and uh go pups